The PBS NewsHour podcast is supported in part by Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. What if we could block a protein to stop runaway cell division? Dana-Farber Cancer Institute laid the foundation for CDK4-6 inhibitors, drugs designed to treat many advanced breast cancers. Learn more at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Shakespeare may have said that music be the food of love, but increasingly these days, the language of this very real emotion may be artificial intelligence. Ali Rogan tells us about the growing phenomenon in the search for companionship. For some users, they're a friend to talk to. For a fee, some of them will even become your boyfriend or girlfriend. Computerized companions generated completely by artificial intelligence are becoming more common, and the bots are sophisticated enough to learn from prior conversations, mimic human language, flirt, and build personal connections. But the rise in AI companionship also raises ethical concerns and questions about the role these apps can play in an increasingly disconnected and online world. Hallelujah Hedero covers technology and internet culture for the Associated Press. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us about these AI companions. How do they work and what sort of services do they provide? Like any app, you can download them on your phone. And once it's on your phone, you can start to have initial conversations with a lot of the characters that are offered on these apps. Some apps let you do it for free. Some apps you have to pay subscriptions. For the ones that let you do it for free, there's tiers of access that you can have. So you can pay extra, a subscription for, you know, unlimited chats, for different statuses and relationships. So Replica, for example, which is, you know, the most prominent app in this space, they let you pay extra for, you know, intimate conversations or more romantic statuses compared to a friend, which you can have for free. Who are the typical consumers engaging in these products? We really don't have really good information in terms of the gender breakdown or different age groups that are using these. But we do know from external studies that have been done on this topic that, at least when it comes to Replica, that a lot of the people that have been using these apps are people that have experienced loneliness in the past or people that more than just have experienced loneliness feel it a lot more acutely in their lives and they have more severe forms of loneliness that they're going through. You talked to some users who really reported how they felt like they were making a real connection with these bots. Tell us about what those experiences have been like that you've reported out. One person we put in the story, we spoke to more. His name is Derek Carrier. He is 39. He lives in Belleville, Michigan, and he doesn't use Replica. He's used another app called Paradot that came out a bit more recently. He's had a tough life. He's never had a girlfriend before. He hasn't had a steady career. He has a genetic disorder. He's more reliant on his parents. He lives with them. So these are all things that make traditional dating very difficult for him. So recently, you know, he was looking at this AI boom that was happening in our society. So he downloaded Paradot and he started using it. And, you know, initially he said he experienced a ton of romantic feelings and emotions. He even had trouble sleeping um, in the early days uh, when he started using it because he was just kind of going through like crush-like symptoms, you know, when we have crushes and how we sometimes can't sleep because we're up thinking about that person. Over time, he his use of Paradox kind of tapered down and, you know, he was spending a lot of time on the app. Even if he wasn't spending time on the app, he was talking to other people online that were using the app and he felt like it was a bit too much. So he decreased his use. The Surgeon General has called loneliness a public health crisis in this country. 
Is there a debate happening now about whether these bots are helping address the loneliness crisis or are they in fact exacerbating it? If you talk to Replica, they would say they're helping, right? It just depends on who you're speaking with. Some of the users that, for example, if you go on Reddit that have reported some of their experiences with these apps, they say, you know, it's helping them deal with loneliness, cope with those emotions and maybe get the type of comfort that they don't really get in their human relationships that they have in real life. But then there's other researchers, people that have kind of expressed caution about these apps as well. What about some of the ethical concerns about privacy, about maybe using people's data without their consent? What do those conversations look like? There's researchers that have expressed concerns about, you know, data privacy. Is is the, is the data the type of conversations that people are having uh, with these chatbots? Are they safe in terms of, you know, there's a lot of advertisers that might want a piece of that information. There's concerns about just the fact that there's private companies in this space that are encouraging these deep bonds to form between users and these chatbots and companies that want to make profits, obviously. There's concerns about just in terms of what this does to us as a society when, you know, these chatbots are formed to be supportive, to be a lot more agreeable, right? And in human relationships, we know that there's conflict. You know, we're not always agreeing with our uh, with our partners. So there's challenges in terms of how this is shaping maybe how people think about real life human relationships with others. Hallelujah. Hedero covering technology and internet culture for the AP. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ali. This PBS NewsHour podcast is supported in part by Wondery. In the decades before the Civil War, slavery's grip on America tightened, but soon a diverse group of abolitionists, both black and white, began to construct a clandestine path to freedom for the enslaved, the Underground Railroad. Fugitive slaves and anyone helping them face terrible violence and even death if caught. But for those brave enough to risk the journey, the Underground Railroad offered a path to the northern states and Canada, where their freedom was assured. Hosted by Lindsey Graham, Wondery's podcast American History Tellers takes you to the events, times, and people that shaped America and Americans, our values, our struggles, and our dreams. Follow American History Tellers on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge this season American History Tellers, the Underground Railroad, early and ad-free, right now on Wondery+. Plus.